welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by Net Health. So, Net Health is all about outcomes and their patients, specifically how great it is when your whole practice is rallied around a solid outcomes management program. So, what they have in store for us in October. 23rd to the 25th is the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's hosted by Photo, Focus on Therapeutic Outcomes, but it's not just for Photo clients. It's for anyone who's interested in outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, and practices and payers. So because you are listeners of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, the full summit pass is only $150. Go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY and get your $150 ticket. Now on to today's episode. So last week I was in Geneva for the WCPT meeting and it was amazing. There were about 4,500 people there from over 130 countries and the education was great. Meeting new people was amazing. I met people from Nepal and Saudi Arabia and all over Europe, and and it was just really wonderful. And to kind of meet those people who you see online, and then you meet them in person, and they're more than this 2D figure. They're an actual person, so that was really exciting. Um, but while I was there, I did a couple of interviews, and today is one of them. Now, of course, today's interview is with Dr. Ifosa Gwobadia, who I've known for a long time. If you're not familiar with him, he is the founder of the integrated wellness company FFITT Health, president and CEO of Move Together, a 501c3 for purpose organization dedicated to improving access to quality rehab medicine around the corner and around the world, co-founder of the initiative Global PT Day of Service, which has spanned 60 countries since its inception, founder of the informational website PT Haven, and also developed and led international volunteer programs at ATI Mission Works for ATI Physical Therapy. In 2017, he contributed a chapter on sustainability as well as the closing afterward for the book Why Global Health Matters, edited by Dr. Chris E. Stout, and with a forward by Nobel laureate Jody Williams. He received his BS in kinesiology from the University of Massachusetts, his doctorate of physical therapy from the University of Scranton. He is a recipient of the 2017 Distinguished Young Alumni Award given by the University of Massachusetts Amherst School of Public Health and Health Sciences, and is a 2018 American Physical Therapy Association Social Impact Award recipient. He is currently based out of Guatemala City in Guatemala. So today, we're talking all about entrepreneurship. So we discuss Ifosa's entrepreneurship in underserved communities, how to approach roadblocks and tackle them head-on, three qualities of inspiring leaders in the entrepreneurial space, and how you can get involved with service through PT Day of Service and so much more. Ifosa is just amazing. I had said to friends when we were there, like, you will leave him feeling like you lost 20 pounds with a smile on your face. You just, it's just lightness and air, and I'm so happy 
uh, to have had the chance to sit down with him and spend time with him in Geneva. So everyone enjoy. Hey everybody, I'm coming to you live from the WCPT conference in Geneva, Switzerland, and I have the distinct pleasure of sitting next to Dr. Ifosa Guabadia, who is a physical therapist from the United States, now based in Guatemala. And he is also the co-founder of PT Day of Service and of Move Together, which we will talk about during this interview. But first, what I'd really love to talk about, Ifosa, is you were on a panel today about entrepreneurship and physiotherapy. So can you give us the highlights? Yes, yes. Well, Karen Litzy, it's such a high pleasure to share time with you. Every time I get a chance to hang out with you, put a smile on my face. I, I love the energy and all that. So yes, the uh, panel is about entrepreneurship. So one of the things that we talked about that I certainly talked about is that entrepreneurship is a mindset you know it's about bringing the the vision and the idea, vision in your heart and the idea in your mind into actuation you know and uh, with that being said uh, what I also said I think everybody has the potentiality and the capacity to be entrepreneurial we sometimes talk about product market fit or passion market fit you know what is your passion your idea slash your product meet the market you know and, and I think that's also very important a friend of mine uh, recently we're having the concept about what's an entrepreneur he says an entrepreneur is the intersection of your ideas, your fundament, fundamental value, and the wants, desi desires, and the understanding of the client and consumer. And that sweet spot is so important. If it's just about your ideas, you may be a starving artist, you know, but if it's uh, too much about the client, uh, you know, you may be selling out a little bit. So find that great amalgam and, uh, and sweet spot. And I think that's very important. Yeah, and I think that's, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's great. I usually tell people when they're like, not sure if this idea can actually turn into a business. And I'll always tell people, well, like, make a list. Like, what are you good at? What are you really passionate about? And what is someone, what would someone be willing to pay you for? And if you can find that sweet spot, and again, it's like you just said, it's your passion where it intersects with what the consumer needs or what the consumer doesn't know they need yet. And that's where entrepreneurism really comes into, I think, uh, a great place for the person. So let's talk about what you're doing as an entrepreneur. I love that so much. And I agree to, to piggyback on what you just said, Karen, it's about fundamental value. And I think this is true in any industry. So whatever this thing, this fundamental value or product service, after a person comes into contact with it, are they better off? And then we'll talk about marketing and this or that, but that should be the first thing you curate. So that's very foundational. I'm living a pretty interesting existence right now, Carol. Let's see. So uh, this past uh, November in 2018, I actually decided to move to Guatemala, you know, and doing two different things. So I'm uh, feel part of my bandwidth is for the global health sector, you know, co-founding and uh, I lead the organization Move Together and a mission there is to increase access to quality rehab medicine around the corner and around the world. I've been going to Guatemala now for the last seven years and been doing this global health work for the last seven years and Move Together under that umbrella. We've been doing some pretty uh, interesting work there for the last three years with some amazing partners on the ground and amazing participants and volunteers that have joined us from the U.S. and other places around the world. We help to build and develop and operationalize rehab clinics in underserved communities. And the key word there, this is the, the, the keystone word there is the operationalization. The local PTs and students on the ground, they run these clinics that we co-set up 
throughout the year. And, uh, and the idea is that it thrives in, uh, under them, and, uh, and uh, we're glad to say it has been. So, and, and then we have other prog- programs under the, the nonprofit Move Together PTD of Service, which you mentioned. We have a program called uh, Pro Bono Incubator, and that's U.S.-based, in which we dispense funds to pro bono projects and clinics in the U.S. Over the last two years, we've dispensed $20,000 to uh, 11 different projects and uh, mentorship and resources to many more than that as well. So that's been pretty fun. So that's one part of my existence. The other part of my existence is entrepreneurial. This past, uh, I officially opened this March, but I did some ramp up work to it. This past March, I opened up a clinic in Guatemala City, and it looks at three verticals. It looks at uh, mobility, which is rehab, and I do some movement analysis with a with a movement uh, 3D analysis camera. Uh, we do uh, look at nutritionists and uh, nutrition. So I'm, hi- I'm hiring some nutritionists to look at. Uh, One's nutrition, because nutrition is important for a few reasons, right? For pain, its relationship with inflammation and a gut, Mm -hmm. with energy, and then certainly with weight management. Weight management is predicated on nutrition. I think above all, uh, uh, cardio and then uh, lean muscle mass. So looking at it through that portal has been important. And the third vertical has been mindset you know, uh, routine and breathing and sleeping and all that good stuff. So creating a team that helps me do those things in an ecosystem, systematic way uh, has been fun. You know, the early part of it has been mobility and people have been responding so very well to it in Guatemala. They're, they're telling me now I can't leave, you know, <laughs> some of my clients and it's been fun. Awesome. And now, you know, your version of entrepreneurship is, let's say, different than maybe some traditional entrepreneurship where you're setting up shop in a very developed country and it's certainly different than what I do as an entrepreneur. Um, I think from a practical standpoint, different, but I think from a fundamental standpoint and where our mindsets are and what we're trying to do for our clientele, it's pretty similar. Would you agree? 100%. Fundamental value around the world is fundamental value and each industry needs to know their fundamental value. Let's say for us, our fundamental value as healers is help people move better so they can live better. That exists and is needed anywhere in the world. So again, know that fundamental value, build the architecture and fit it to the market and to the behavior and the knowledge and the awareness of your customers or customers to be. Uh, And that's how you make it make sense wherever you go. And for maybe listeners uh, out there who would like to replicate what you're doing in an underserved area or in an underserved country, what were some of the biggest roadblocks you experienced in the beginning that you would like to advise people on maybe how to avoid or at least how to minimize? Uh, interesting. I, I think it's so important to identify road rock, roadblocks and, and barriers. I sometimes say this with my clients now. Uh, you need to know the dragon and sort of delineate the dragon so you can slay it, you know, so things to transcend. Uh, and uh, another general thought, anytime challenging things happen, I share this in the panel as well. As well. It's information. You know, it's uh, when a situation happens, good or maybe not good or the way you want it to happen, it's situation. What's good about situations, it leads to solutions. So once you figure out how to handle something, now you have this tool of this extra solution. Now you could uh, play defense and prevent that thing from happening again. Or if it does happen, you can handle it quicker uh, and actually turn it into a good, et cetera, et cetera. So that mindset, that paradigm shift of the mindset, if you're an entrepreneur, of how do you engage with things that don't necessarily happen the way that you want to happen. On the, uh, for me and some of my experiences, uh, uh, every country has its own things, and one of the things you, you go through the legal process of setting up your business. What I just had to learn is a little bit different from the U.S. So tagging in, this is a truth for all entrepreneurs and all projects, you know, identifying, tagging the right people who could best help you with what you need to do, and then uh, that saves time and that maximizes your efficiency as well as your effectiveness. Yeah, so when you kind of hit those roadblocks, now you've 
I love the way of reframing it as not a, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid, or how did I not see this coming, or great, now I'm sunk and I'm going to sulk off into a corner, but instead you're saying to reframe it as, well, here's this roadblock, but guess what? Now we have a system in place to avoid this from happening again. So being very intentional about how you're thinking of roadblocks or I don't want to say failures or things like that in your business, but being intentional so that it doesn't happen again and then you can go out and help others do the same. You said that perfectly. Nothing yeah. to add to that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship, specifically leadership. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're a leader, right? You're either leading yourself, you're leading others. So what do you feel like are qualities of, let's say, leadership within the entrepreneurial space? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth. Let's talk about something important patients and their outcomes. If you love to nerd out on this kind of talk like I do, the best industry event around outcomes management is happening from October 23rd to the 25th, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's hosted by Photo, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And the best part, healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team. Go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. That's L-I-T-Z-Y. Hope to see you there. Uh, on the leadership front, I think uh, there's three things that are important. and uh, Maybe I'll break it down to three Cs. So one C is courage. The second C is compassion. And the third C is credibility. So I'm going to explain what I mean by those. But first of all, with those three things, you start with yourself. You need to serve yourself. You need to lead yourself first before you can really think about leading people. So on the courage piece, the things that are on your heart or the things that you believe in, do you pursue them or do you stand up for them? And the micro moments and the macro moments, and it's like a muscle. You have to cultivate and you got to work it out, you know? So especially when things are more macro and big and where things are uh, really intense, you've had this muscle. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be dictated and guided by what I see as right and righteous. So courage is important. The other part is credibility. Again, starting with yourself. Do you do the things that you intend to do? That to-do list. Start with your to-do list. Have you written out 20 things consistently for the last month and only gotten three things done? You're telling your conscious or your subconscious you can't trust what you write down. So start there. Create credibility and trust with yourself. And then as metaphysical, it transmits to your team. You know, you can't really have credibility with others without having credibility with yourself. And then caring and compassion. You know, one of the most important words in my life, caring. You know, caring about yourself, being compassionate about yourself. To be able to do that with your team, you need to be able to do it yourself. There's one uh, one politician that I heard say this a couple of years ago. The best thing a leader could do for his team, his or her team, is to uh, care about them. You know how you do that? By actually caring about them. You know, So actually care about yourself to care about yourself. Actually care about your team to care about your team. On the, on the entrepreneur uh, realm, a lot of overlaps, but things to consider are our focus, decision-making, Capabilities, and then, uh, and I'll also say reasoning. You know, be able to multi-dimensional think. A lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is problem solving and thinking ahead and thinking what's coming down the pike. So that's the critical reason. A lot of the uh, the decision making, whether you got to make 
quick decisions or deep decisions? What's your pro prototype? What's your paradigm? How do you handle that? How do you how do you stay calm under pressure? Maybe that goes to uh, courage a little bit, and then you and, and focus. You read all the greats, you know, whether it's old school philosophy or current CEOs. One of the most important things uh, that they talk about is the ability to focus on your task at hand and to chop wood on your task at hand. That's their old quote. I forget who said it now. Uh, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So for me, to close on this, I uh, I I enjoy doing dishes. I, I don't do it that much, but when I do dishes, I'm locked in. I'm trying to clean it as best as I can, and I know that's going to transmit to my clinical treating and my leadership or building a clinic. So those would be some thoughts there. Yeah, and I love the the compassion. I had a, a woman on a couple of weeks ago who talked about having compassion for yourself and forgiveness for yourself and how can you even make a decision if you can't even give yourself compassion. So those, those qualities of leadership, courage, caring, and compassion, and I'm missing the credibility. second. Credibility, yeah. So if you can't give that to yourself, then how can you give it to your business and be a successful entrepreneur? Encourage, by the way, this year was my word of the year ah, on my vision board. I so when that. you said that, I perked up and thought, oh, courage, yes. So that's something that I'm working with and I've been in business for a while. So I think another thing for everyone out there who's an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur is it's not like, oh, I have courage one day and then that's it. It is forever, you are forever working on it. At least that's my opinion. I agree. Excuse me, I agree. It's a, it's a muscle and it's a, it's not this goal to achieve and that you're good at. It's an intention. And intention really has to do with behavior and uh, courage. you got me smiling at this world. It's, it's so much about courage. It's a, it's a call to adventure. Mm -hmm. What are the things in your heart? What do you feel pulled to? And are you willing to, uh, to answer that call and to heed that call? Even if it's a small step, even if it's a big step, even if it's a small step that leads to a big step. If you do, if you heed the call, if you go for it, if you stand up for the things that you believe in, you will live a life in full, you know, and uh, it'll be a, certainly an interesting one. Wonderful. I have nothing to add to that. Now, before we went live, you were talking about how it's such an exciting time in physical therapy. And we're here at WCPT with 4,500 people from around the world. And I have to say, it is exciting. So what is your version of now is an exciting time for physical therapy? It's a combination of things. You know, there's so many exciting and interesting people doing exciting and interesting things. You and your cash pay practice, you with uh, this podcast, so many other people the prehab guys, you know, I don't even know those guys, but I, I admire them from the afar, how they're growing, how they're fitting something in the market, how they're influencing and inspiring clinicians and clients alike. So many other, so many exciting people doing exciting things. So that's one variable. Two, technology. You know, technology is allowing us to do a multiplication of things that we couldn't do six months ago, 12 months ago, and then certainly two, three, four, five years ago. So understanding where the tech is now and where the tech might go, it's a variable that leads to multiplication. And then the consumer, you know, they're more intentional with uh, with where they spend their time, or where they spend their dollars, how they engage with health and health care and all that good stuff. So they're becoming more of a partner. That's how I treat my clients and my consumer, my patients as a collaborator in the, in the journey. So you play with those different variables of technology, ideas by with ideating of different people, a consumer that that's wanting to be healthier and wanting to be fit and want to be intention, intentional that that healthiness and that fitness uh, 
we're at this place really where anything is possible and everything can change. And I think in the next 10 years, Karen, the next 10 years, we're going to see an evolution slash revolution of efforts and actuations within our uh, within our profession. And certainly the other step is how we collaborate with other verticals and other industries and other uh, uh, other uh, professions as well. Because not just about what we could do alone, about what we could do is about what we could do together. And, and on that, that is just the perfect segue because the next thing I want to talk about is Move Together and PT Day of Service. So let's give a plug to both of these, uh, well, Move Together, the parent organization of PT Day of Service. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit so that the listeners know what the heck you're, what the heck you're doing. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, Move Together is a 501c3 that I co-founded with Josh D'Angelo in 2016. And our mission uh, is to, the way we define mission, first of all, the mission is the thing that we measure everything that we do and say by. So the mission for the organization is to increase access to quality rehab medicine around the corner, around the world, and access being the keystone word and the keystone structure. Because with access that we've seen in some of the places that we've been to, uh, their place doesn't exist for people to go to. Or if the place does exist, they don't have the means to go there. Uh, if it does exist, they have the means. That place may not have the things that that community member or that community needs. So it's a multidimensional challenge, so it needs a, a multidimensional approach. So that's been pretty exciting. And vision. I, I, I smile inside and out every time I think about our vision. First, but the way we define vision, vision is, Simon Sinek talks about this a lot, you need to be able to see it. You know, that's why we call it a vision. And then when I think about it, I think about it as a guiding light or the northern star that's shining the way forward. I also think about it as the horizon. There's always going to be necessary distance between you and horizon. That's the definition of horizon. And so it becomes this pursuit. And then you're pursuing the doing of good and doing what your vision is, which I'll share in a moment, but also how you enjoy the journey. You're able to turn around and look at the shore, see how far along you've got you've gone, and also set up beacons and objectives along the way to measure your progress. Our vision for the organization is a clinic in every community and a sense of community in every clinic. A clinic in every community speaks to the vertical, the horizontality of where we want to go, the geographical breadth of where we want to go community every clinic speaks of punctuating depth and the verticality of what we do in the places that we do go. So clinic in every community and community in every clinic. And that really drives what we do. We have three pillars in our organization. One that looks at increasing the quality and quantity of clinics. We do that. We have a program, PBI, in the, in the U.S., and a mm-hmm. clinic development program around the world where we work with municipalities and mayors and, and uh, community leaders to build, develop, and operationalize clinics. We have a second pillar called Empower Local Clinicians, you know, not just uh, going and leaving, going and leaving something behind and empowering local capacity. Mike Landry talks about that term a lot, local capacity. So most of our projects abroad, we usually teach, you know, and learn and do labs and things of that nature, and we partner with other con ed organizations to start doing it more in an architectural way for sustainable change. And then the third pillar, which ties into PT Day of Service, is catalyzing servant leadership. What we've seen about uh, our profession, certainly beyond our profession, PTs and PTAs and students, they like to serve. You know, it's, it's a profession of art and heart and compassion, you know, uh, and so many people have been doing so many good things already, but for many people, they don't know where to start, you know, so how can we create this junction of bi-directionality where people could be fulfilled while fulfilling others? We see paths for academic leadership and association leadership and corporate leadership, and those are great. What's very important for us as an organization, Josh and I, we talk about this a good amount, is creating a path for uh, serving leadership, you know, so we have two programs right now on that pillar. We're a program we're very excited about. Uh, anybody listening that is interested in our mission and vision, this would be a good portal to join called the Catalyst Club and is our, is our family for the organization. It's a, it's a critical mass. It's a volunteer team that's going to help us fulfill the vision and pursue the vision. And then, of course, we have PT Day of Service. Uh, just an amazing 
amazing program, uh, really driven by amazing, amazing team. Which uh, Karen, we we love you so much for being on our team since really the beginning, and then amazing people around the world participating in it. Uh, PT Day of Service, when we challenge student and staff clinicians to do an act of service on the same day and around the world. Year one, we had 28 countries participate. Year two, we had 42 countries participate. Year three, we had 55, and year four, we had 56, uh, yeah. give or take 57. And we're in year five, which is a big year for us, and we're very excited. And we're looking to grow, not just for the sake of numbers, but to to grow in the sake of service and showing that service can grow and at the end of the day what that program is about PT Day of Service it's about local service for a global effect and a global impact serving in your backyard in multiple places yeah yeah and this year it is October 13th 13th. yeah I believe that's correct yeah so this year it's October 13th and if you want more information you can go to PT Service PT Day of Service dot com or movetogether.com? utdayofservice.com is a direct website. Yeah. You can also get there from movetogether.org. Movetogether.org is an organization for our parent organization, yeah. Move Together. You can get to PT Day of Service from there, or you can go directly to ptdayofservice.com. Yeah. And we'll have all of the links to everything uh, under this podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So we'll one link and take you everywhere. So, if also before we finish, I have one last question. I cannot wait to hear your answer. Yeah. I'm like super psyched about this. this is question I ask everyone and it's knowing where you are now in your life and your career what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad fresh out of the University of Scranton yes, right yeah, home of the office Dunn and Mifflin University uh-huh. of Scranton so we're, you're saying I'm having a conversation with a 24 year early FOSA that, that guy was interesting I, that, I wish I could have a conversation with that guy so what I'll say it's uh, what I'm actually gonna say is gonna be interesting is gonna be so you're talking to me you asked me to look back what I advice I'll give that person will be to actually look ahead so there's an exercise that I do sometimes called futuristic retrospection. I came over this term uh, several years ago. What the exercise actually could do is to visualize yourself uh, as an older person. And this is similar to other activities, but futuristic retrospection goes to visualize yourself as, a, as, a, as an older person. So 90-year-old me, you know, so 24-year-old me is talking to 90-year-old me. Maybe I'm hanging out in, in pajamas, you know, and, and a cat is just doing whatever I'm doing. And in that conversation, I would tell my 24-year-old self, do this. In that conversation, ask your older version of yourself, what do you wish you did? You know, what do you wish you did at 24, 25, as soon as you graduated? Where do you, what do you wish you did? Where do you wish you were and went? Who do you wish you were, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, certainly you have to extrapolate what you think that answer might be. And then whatever that answer is, you got to let it guide you. You know, there's an article I read in Slate a couple of years ago that said, when we think about an older version of ourselves, uh, the same part of our brain lights up as if we're thinking about a stranger, at least in the Western world, right? When we think about an older version of ourselves, the same part of our brain lights up as we're thinking about a stranger. So this exercise allows you to get feedback and thoughts from the, your subconscious, really, your conscious, the person who really knows you the best. And it's pretty powerful. Jeff Bezos calls, he utilizes something similar called the regret minimization framework. You know, think about an older version of yourself and what then do you think you regret not doing? You know, and then, and then to make sure you do that. And then the other thing, Togo, uh, quotes Togo, at least the character Togo has his quote, we're presented with insurmountable opportunities. So there's no, we there's a never-ending amount of opportunities in the world. You know, so with that being said, it becomes about being essential with your time. You know, uh, people are going to ask you to do things, you know, which is good, which is fun. And uh, the better you are at things, hopefully you're doing good at things, the more you're going to get asked. 
the honor is in the ask. You don't have to say yes to everything, you know? So be essential with what you're doing. So it's this balance of knowing the thin, knowing your measures, knowing your markers, knowing your visual cogs, and let that guide the things you create or the things you, uh, you accept. And you multiply that by being adventurous as well, you know, trying things. So finding that sweet spot will allow you to maximize yourself, your time, 24-year-old if you'll say. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. And now where can people find you if they want to ask you questions or find out more about you? Where are you on social media and all that kind yeah, of fun all stuff? My, all my handles on social media are my first name followed by my last name. So Efosagobadia, E-F-O-S-A-G-U-O-B-A-D-I-A. So at that, and we'll probably put that in the yeah. links. Uh, and I and I, I do a lot of mentorship talks with uh, with folks. So there's certainly a lot of folks, uh, new professional folks and students and all that good stuff. Uh, I, I take much joy in that. And it's very conversational. A lot of the answers are within you and I, and I guide you to some thoughts. So if somebody's interested in that, shoot me an email and we'll uh, find a time in the schedule. So you can shoot me an email on my Move Together email address. That's my first name, Efosa at movetogether.org. You know, so whether it's email or whether we do a 30 or 45 minute talk, I really, that's one of the ways I enjoy serving. So uh, be intentional reaching out because I mean that. Well, and for all those of you listening, take advantage of that because to have Ifosa mentor you or just talk to you about anything, you will walk away knowing more and feeling, uh, I don't know, better about yourself somehow. I don't know how that's even possible, but that's the sense that you get after speaking with him. You're going to walk away with value. So take advantage of that. So Ifosa, thanks so much for coming on and taking time out of WCPT. Uh, Karen, thanks so much. I think this may be uh, the third time between Josh and I hanging out with you. And uh, we have so much love for you. I think you're so awesome. Thank you for, this is another way for you to serve this information. It was a high pleasure sharing time with you. Thank you. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Huge thank you to Ifosa. I mean, how great is that guy, right? I can't get enough. I literally cannot get enough. And I also want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, NetHealth. So again, NetHealth, along with Photo, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes, are hosting the Clinical Outcomes Summit October 23rd through the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee. Rehab therapy pros from hospitals and private practices are gathering to celebrate, examine, and define outcomes management. Healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. So go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.